I start the morning. I I was so hyped up. I got this. I got even more hyped up. Start the morning. Woke up. Pretty good night's rest. Had a dream. I was hanging out with the great one. And, uh, oh, where was it? The Rocky Mountains. Hanging out with the great one in the Rocky Mountains. So we're looking for fair burn agates, even though they're not there in the Rocky Mountains. <clears throat> Hiking, having a good Wake up. Feeling like Rocky, uh, except a similar song running through my head. If you guys remember Master Blaster from the 80s, which most of you don't because you are younger generation than me, but just a yak da 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 because I finally got, I, I don't know if you could see it back there. I'm not going to move the camera. I spent too many minutes trying to angle that perfectly so you can see my gorgeous face. Uh, I have gotten so much fucking work done. So much fucking work done. And that's my high. Aside from booze, my high is getting work. It's the choice between one or the other. It's work because there's no consequence or drawback except more money. So I got all this crap, all of it, all of it packed. We got all of our closets out and packed in a day. Because if you did not know the old Capmeister, he sold his house. Got to be out of here. May something late May. But why wait for May? That's what normal Americans, normies, conformities, and inferiors do. You wait till the day we're going to move. Oh, my God. I'm like, now let's get it out now. Got an apartment lined up, so we have like a full 20 days to move in, so it's, we're not rushed. It's not like, hey, everyone want to come over and give us $80 worth of labor? We'll give you two pieces of pizza and two beers. <laughs> None of that. I don't even think we're going to have to rent a truck, frankly. I think the old pickup, the old Chevy Silverado would do just fine with most of this stuff. Um, But we got it all packed. I'm like, this is great. We're ahead of schedule. Ahead of schedule, I woke up, and now that I'm ahead of schedule, I got all the time in the world finally caught up, also with Asshole Consultant, finally caught up, that could start in on that book on millennials, of which we're, oh my God, the gift that keeps on giving the millennial generation, holy shit. I'd like to think it's just the very fine net of the internet pulling up all the, the ugly sea creatures of, of the, the bottom of the sea, but I just think... <laughs> it can't be. You guys are that dumb. Oh, oh, where was I going? To oh, I can finally write the book on the on the millennials that I've been meaning to. And I told people I'd have it done by summer. Still can do that by summer. It may be more of a July August ish summer deadline than a June ish deadline. But I will have this. I can finally write write the book. So I'm going to go down to W. A. Frost. Probably my favorite place to sit and write. Probably even just my favorite place to sit and chill. Um, because all the other places are a little bit too loud. Even if they're not playing music or have sports ball in the background, which which most of them do. But this is one of the few bars in the Twin Cities that has no television, has no sports ball. You just sit there and jazz is quietly playing in the background. Every once in a while, that serenity is pierced with loud cackles of middle-aged women, uh, which was my experience the last time, but I made sure not to sit next to them and then they, they left it. You got, that's when you got to avoid brunch. That's usually when you avoid, that's when the loud 40 something cackles of single women come out is brunch. Let's go get brunch, Amy. Ha, 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 ha. Hey, 
Watch last night. I'm gonna get a... What do they drink? Bloody Mary. <laughs> Look at how much stuff they put in it. <laughs> Tina! Maybe I'll bring my gun. I don't know. But it's Wednesday. So I know the cackles of women, 40-something loud broads, that ruin everybody else's otherwise pleasant and enjoyable dining experience. They won't be there because they have to work. They have to not pay the money to buy the Prada shoes. That's not how it works. They have to work to pay the money on the interest on the debt that was used to borrow the Prada shoes that will be going out of fashion next year. In either case, I'm hyped. I'm pumped. Ready to go. Even woke, now I wouldn't say Christmas level waking up. Wouldn't say it was like your little kid at Christmas, but about as excited as an adult who's very misanthropic and angry with the world can get. Kind of like, yeah, it's going to be a good day. Caught up. My to-do list is completely crossed out. <clears throat> you are you are clear to go. Captain Clary, you are clear for launch. We just hit those thrusters and we get, and then, then, there was only, there was only one thing I had to do before I could go free because... W.A. Frost doesn't open until 11 or 12. I just had to do this Older Brother podcast. That's all I had to do. That's all I had to do. I even got my, I don't know if you know this, I even have my author sweater on right now. The, the, tell, the way to tell it's a, you're a good author is the thicker the collar. That's the way you tell it. Now, I wish I could bring in a pipe like T.J. Martinell or Atham. Then I'd really pull it off. Um, but unfortunately, you can't smoke in this venue. But I'm I'm just saying I'm about as authory as I am. I am ready to go. Uh, but uh, I had to get this podcast out of the way. <clears throat> I got my sweater. I got my author game on. I got a full outline. Oh, I just got to start writing. And then then the GF can't podcast when the GF is here because she makes noise. Because, well, it's not her fault. Yeah, everybody makes noise. Then she'll walk in the back. She'll do some dishes. She'll do some stuff. <laughs> So I'm waiting, kind of waiting. I'm ready to go. She's dressed. I'm like, okay, bye. Get the fuck out of my house. Go. She's that gate, you know, like the greyhounds. They're ready to go. The rabbit's right there. And she's the gate. And I'm waiting. I'm like, what? I don't see any reason why you here. She, she comes up, and God bless her. She wants my opinion on her fashion. And, and she's got this nice professional outfit on. I'm, I'm just, the only thing I can think is, bitch, get out of my goddamn house. <laughs> just get the fuck out of my goddamn house. What do you think about this jacket? <laughs> I say, what, what a... Why? It's fine. Well, does it go with the outfit? I, and and I should have should lie, guys. If you want advice about women, <clears throat> there's one bit. The key number one. There's lots of bits of information, but the number one bit about giving advice on women is you always lie. You never tell the truth. Never. Never ends well. And I said. I don't know. It doesn't kind of go with me. It's all right. Oh, wrong answer, Clary. Wrong answer. Oh, it looks great, sweetheart. Get the fuck out of my house. <clears throat> really? What 
what's wrong with the fuck? Now I got to explain. Now I have to give a doctoral thesis as to why, because they won't just say it's never accepted. It just doesn't look right. Why doesn't it just, oh, fucking Christ. And this is one of the good ones. And then you guys sit and ponder, okay, why does it, what, what, now I have to search my, my fashion knowledge or philosophy of which there is none to search. I, I look, I got to, th- I say, I, uh, it looks, it looks like a, a motorcycle jacket, but you have a professional attire on it. It's just, I guess it's jarring. Oh, you don't like, well, no, I like it. It just, it... I don't know if you guys ever saw the movie Father Goose. Leslie Karen's drunk. Cary Grant's trying. They they think she's going to die and they got to get her drunk. So it's the easiest way for her to pass. But she's not going to die because it's a comedy because she wasn't bit by a snake. She was bit by a, a stick. <clears throat> but it doesn't matter. And so he had to, because he, he thought she was bit by a snake, he did the thing where he cut her leg and sucked out the blood. And then she'll see all tipsy and, and she actually likes them underneath. And she says, oh, oh I have a question. And he's like, uh, yeah, what? She's like, my blood. And he's like, what is it? Well, how, how did it taste? I don't know. I'm not a vampire. Oh, uh, was it too salty? It was a bit salty. Yeah, only women would ask this fucking question. It, it was a bit salty. Yeah, we were too salty. No, you thought my blood was too salty. He's like, oh. I don't know why we make 30% more than you girls. I don't know why we've created all inventions in the wife. No clue. Mentor you my ass when you stop asking stupid fucking questions and get to the goddamn point in the brass tacks of the things that are at hand. I'll go put on another jacket. So I'm just waiting because uh, I'm good. I'm the USDT, Johnny on the spot. Let's go. I'm ready to go. Again, I'm that greyhound, probably more pit bull. Just by this time, I'm bash my head into that door. Like, can't wait to get out. Comes up. How does this look? Great. I learned my lesson. Great. Oh, that, that's professional. It goes with your tie. And it kind of, really? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. And then you're like, now it's time for you to go. Go. Leave right fucking now. So that I can see girls, they, they don't have this. It's not delayed gratification. That's not it. I think some women have that. Um, because some women are smart. It's the the lack of understanding a long-term goal. I I don't know if it's the inability to see the cascade of consequences or how delaying things in the here and now push out the fun shit. See, I'm all about fun. I'm all about knowing I'm going to die and I want to pack in as much fun as possible. And uh, not to bore you, but uh, with the details, but basically, uh, Last night, me and the GF were, were working on packing and doing all this stuff. She's like, oh, look at this off. I haven't seen it. I'm like, dude, you should totally wear that tonight. Like, okay, you think it's good? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll go out. Wear that. So that's my goal for today is to get to that. You know, Saving Private Ryan. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that movie with Tom Hanks. And they ask him, what, why are you, what are you? I'm an English teacher. What keeps you going? He's like, well, 
the way back home is not that way. I, I just want to get back to my wife. And if we got to take out that pillbox, we got to go save Private Ryan, we got to go destroy Berlin. If that's the way I got to go that way, then that's what we got to do. And that's how I look at work. Like, okay, look, to get to that, to the point where we go out and have fun, the sooner you get the fuck out of my house, the sooner we can have fun. Oh, no. They don't have that connection. I, it, it's this. Do you not? It, it's like a car engine. You turn. I've talked about this before. You turn the keys. It's not magic, and then the the engine just starts through magic. There's a whole bunch of chain of events that happen at lightning speed that inevitably get the engine to turn over, and off you drive. It's the same way to getting to fun. The longer you wait to turn that key, the more delayed that fun in life is going to be. So I've never understood people who procrastinated. <clears throat> I never understood uh, people who. Uh, uh, just uh, and now each the key is only one analogy. You have to be there each step of the way, pushing the ball forward, pushing the ball forward, pushing the ball forward. You got to drive to work, got to get to work, got to get your work done, work faster, get it done now. So you get out earlier. So we get to the car starting and have some fun. Most motherfuckers, they just sit there and look at the key. And then for people like me, a little bit type A with the diet Red Bull here, which I need more of. Especially if you're waiting on them. Because you get to interact and depend on other people in this world, apparently. You're like, you're going to turn the key? <laughs> you're going to go? I, mean, I was right going way back, way back when I was uh, was a little kid. You could just see how people wasted Because we were, we were stuck in prison. That's basically what it was. We were in church or we were in school. And, and if not, then our dad was a pastor. So it was choose your prison. You could be in church prison, school prison. Or a preacher's kid prison. It doesn't, you're in prison. But what little modicums of fun we would have, we'd, we'd have to go to the church to do this. We have to go to the school. We have to go. Like, and, and I remember saying, let's just go. Didn't know where, but I knew there was something more fun at the end of it. It's like, let's go. People sitting there, adults talking, taking forever, kids just sitting there dying on the vine. Let's just go. Oh, and the second, and Second, I got out. Proof in the pudding. Ended up finishing college with no help, with not a single bit of help. Finished college six months early, no debt, nearly a 4.0. To give you an idea of how much I wanted to get this shit done and move on with life. But nope, everybody's perfectly happy. Working 50 hours a week, like the cackle of 40 year old women. So that they can afford the interest on the debt used to borrow the money to pay for their Prada shoes. They, 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 they like sitting there on the treadmill. They like never starting the engine. They like being in a stasis. So that the happiest is, is, is the happiest point in their life is when they finally Let's go get brunch. <laughs> it's kind of funny because those women don't belong. In WA Frost. Anybody, if you ever come to the Twin Cities, WA Frost is one of the few places I recommend checking out. You'll walk in and you'll see it's, um, I won't lie, it's kind of like an older baby boomer hippie joint. Uh, Garrison Keeler, I think, lives in the area. Um, 
very authory. It's very cozy. And so the people that go there, very much your NPR types. Uh, so they are liberal, but they're also quiet. I'd even argue they're intellectual. So when you get these cackle loud, loud broads that come in, they just cackle and everyone looks at them. <laughs> and you brought them up. I'm the well-behaved Gen Xer over here. I'm just here with my uh, nice thick scarf about to uh, pen an awesome piece. I'm a real author, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Unlike you guys who just sit in. Oh, God, writers groups. Going on the internet with my uh, the meetup groups, and you go to writer groups. You say, oh, writer groups of the west side, writer groups of the south side, writer groups of the north side. And uh, we're going to read and review and critique everybody's writing. And uh, I sat in on one. And all I could think about is how much time they're wasting reading crap that's never going to get published and instead being at home and writing. I don't, I don't, the writers, I, if you're ever going to get into writing, here's what you, you got to understand. It's very much like podcasting, radio personalities, television personalities. The key word is, again, personalities. When you write, you'll have, you have a personality, and it will just naturally show in your writing. And as long as you're good at writing and you're thorough, you're not just writing shit. But you're you're taking time to take all your thoughts, put them together. Clearly have a good outline, clearly have it flow and have a logic to it. You, I almost think having someone critique your writing is pointless and stupid because it taints you. It taints you. Like here's here's this scotch. We distilled it a certain way and put in certain oak caskets with certain charcoal and all that. Don't don't mess it up making just just this bland Glenn Levitt. Don't 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 base it down. Don't make it basic bitch scotch. Make it a Lafroig. Make it something unique. Same thing with writing. Don't go and, and all that. Well, I didn't think that this and that and they all these people, none of which were published. Kind of looked maybe a couple of them up. I'm like, who the fuck you can't? I'm a nobody. I'm, I'm a nobody. You guys are not even nobodies. Here you are critiquing people. Well, I, I didn't like the way that I would change this sentence. Like it was just like being going into an English class all over, except they're 60. What the hell's wrong with you people? All right. Let's maybe should get to. We got a lot of work to do. Oh, let's let's stay on top of the super chats. Let's make sure no one's made any super chats. Thanks, guys. No one's made any super chats. Way to go. There we go. We love you, Cleary. I love you guys too. Okay. <laughs> Oh, let's go through uh, some sponsors here real quick because we got to get more serious now. I've been on the road too much. Going to be going on the road again in about five days. And the podcast will go back to shit. Uh, asshole Consulting. You guys got questions. Cappy's got answers. Assholeconsulting.com. You guys probably have your shit together. But if you know someone who doesn't have their shit together and needs their shit together, like, hey, here's their shit. It's not together. Who can put it together? Oh, Cappy can for a lot of money if I'm going to organize shit. Settlement assholeconsulting.com. <clears throat> Sanity is the future of wealth. This is, I would argue, my best post ever. I spent three days writing it and nothing, like nobody read it. It was crickets chirping. I'm like, well, fuck this shit. <laughs> I didn't write this. I, I mean, it. it is, I believe, my best piece, and so does several other people. Um, and since no one read it, I put it behind the Patreon paywall. So you could go to patreon.com slash Aaron Clary. And pay for it. Hang on. God almighty, these are making so much fucking noise. 
Much better. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I will probably be publishing it as well. It will be a very thin and small. I wish they had handbook size books um, at Amazon. I really do because not all books are even this size. Uh, this is a new sponsor, by the way. This is very thin, obviously. I don't think mine would even be this thick. But if you shrink it down about half, that's how you got a pocketbook, you know, a handbook. And so uh, I think it'll be a 30-page essay, a genuine essay. But if you want to, I don't know how the pay, pa uh, Patreon works. I don't know. <clears throat> I think if you become a Patreon member, um, if you go patreon.com slash Aaron Clary, you look for Sandy is the future of wealth. You click on it. It'll take you to like, hey, donate, I don't know, three bucks or something. And you could cancel at the end. Whatever. Go ahead. Read it. It's some of my best work. Yes, the typos are still in there. Yes, there are typos. As in all my work, there are typos. As in everybody's work, there are typos. So do not uh, complain about it. The Pence Principle, I think I got that here. Here we are. Lessons All Men Must Learn from Ford Kavanaugh by Randall Bentwick. There you are. Basically, how not to get falsely accused of rape and have your life ruined by uh, radical left-wing feminist Kuantahaha. You can find that at Amazon.com. Trade the ratio. Do I got that? Royce I don't have that here. That's not there. That's for you people who are interested in um, investing in gold and silver. So if you are new to that or you already are and you would like to start trading it, you certainly may get that book that will help out trade the ratio. We have uh, this book. Oca Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wants to stop cows from farting, written by Daniel Allman right there. There you go. <clears throat> it's just basically quotes which I think is going to be cringeworthy. I just detest that woman. God darn it. Hang on. Jesus. I think I may go spray this down with some WD-40. It might work. It's making this crunchy noise, like when plastic rubs together. I don't know why it's doing it today. Maybe the humidity is perfect for that. Uh, Orionscoldfire.com. Check out Orionscoldfire.com. If you... Want to get a little bit of conservative, libertarian uh, editorial writing and reading. Uh, but then the reason I go there, well, let's go there, is he's a photographer. And he's got some really cool pictures of the West. Ionscoldfire.com. Let's see what we got here. Where's this photography? Photog's Corner. Oh, no, here it is. Photography. Oh, he's got the. Uh, oh, there's there's a butterfly, <clears throat> kind of a dandelion looking thing. Where is he? Is he in Ireland? Yeah, he looks like he's in. Looks dark and gray. It looks like he's in Seattle. What's with all the butterflies? There's snow on the ground. Where is he? Yeah, this looks like Pacific Northwest. Oh, well, I'm not much into uh, butterflies. Um, go back to the thing. So, <clears throat> OriansColdFire.com, check him out. AcademicComposition.com. Hey, do you want to write books on Marxist, leftist, feminist, anti-white male drivel? No, of course you don't. Even people who hate white males don't want to write it because, well, why do you want to write about it? It's not an academic science. It's not a science at all. All of, all of the liberal arts can be summed up as give me other people's money. Now... How much you can write about that is amazing. Uh, 
without saying anything, because what do you say about theft and parasitism and stealing? Uh, well, don't worry. The liberal arts departments at all of your universities and colleges require that you write many pages, hundreds of pages, while paying for the right to write those <laughs> papers uh, so that you might graduate, get yourself a college degree. So uh, if you don't want to do that because you have self-respect and you have other more important shit to do, go to academiccomposition.com. Have Alex and his crack team staff write the papers for you. If you are a recent college graduate and you took the red pill or you woke up or you finally actually exercise some critical thinking skills and realize, hey, this leftist stuff is all bullshit. My degree is worthless. But you know how to write crap. Alex is always looking for people to hire to do the writing for him. Go to academiccomposition.com, contact Alex, tell him Cappy sent you. He's also looking for marketers. I am going to get WD-40 on this. This is driving me fucking nuts. Uh, he's always looking to hire uh Marketers as well. None of the jobs are fun. No jobs are fun. No jobs are fun. Even porn stars get sick and tired of having sex. No, no job is fun, boys and girls. No job. But that's why you're paid. And so um, you can work from home. That's about the only perk and the money. And then if you are looking to buy silver or gold, contact my buddy Mike at 763-657-7843. And unlike non-professional radio show hosts and podcasters. I don't just go, and then on to this thing. 763-657-7843. The guy's name is Mike. He's my buddy. He sells silver and gold. You can also go to MN, as in Minnesota, mngoldbuyer.com. Tell them I sent you, and go get your precious. What is the price of silver? I think it's gone down. Let's take a look here. Silver price. Oh, 15. Maybe it went up a little bit. Let's take a look at the uh, the chart. Now watch. It's going to give me the minute by minute when I don't want the minute by minute. Or it's not even going to give me a chart because you got to load up all this fucking advertising bullshit. One hour, one minute. Uh, forget it. Hang on, I'm going to get some WD-40. Aaron, is that good for... No, it probably isn't. Oh, much better. That's when you know you're a man, when you have a can of WD-40 at your disposal, at your beck and call. Look, here's reliable Noah. You know why Noah Acosta is a great guy? Because he gave us a super chat. How's the People's Republic of Minnesota today? Uh, it's sunny now, but it will be getting cloudy. So it could once again be perfect riding weather. Um, it finally got to normal temperatures. There's a shit ton of snow still. There's flooding. Uh, 
I think all the rivers are going to flood because of the amount of snow we got. And thank God it's it, the temperatures have been as good as they can possibly get for safety. I think we already lost two people to flooding. Um, but what's happening is we got so much snow uh, <clears throat> that uh, at night things freeze. So then the sewer grates and the, the, the holes that go into the sewer system that would normally take the runoff and the, the melted snow, those clog. And so you're driving through puddles and ponds. Then at night, these things freeze. So you got to be real careful. I almost slipped and killed myself running around Lake Calhoun the other day, uh, because if you're in shadows, that doesn't, everything else looks like it's melting and they, and it is, but then you step on this one little bit because it's been in the shadow of a tree. Whoop, you go down. <clears throat> but the good news is with the freeze thaw, freeze thaw is that not too much water is hitting the river system in one shot. So it's actually good that it's freezing at night. Let the water drain out. Then it melts during the day freeze and that oscillation. Cause if we had like a 60 degree day and, uh, and it never froze at night, uh, that would actually trigger a fair amount of flooding. Uh, but it's it's spring. I avoided the worst winter I guess they've ever had here in recent memory. Um, I say it wasn't the worst winter. I think 94, 95 was the worst winter. Cause, but then again, that's probably because I was awake at 3 a.m. walking outside patrolling parking lots. That just could be my bias. <clears throat> so MinnesotaGoldBuyer.com. Uh, then we got my books, Reconnaissance Man. A lot of you young boys and girls out there have been asking, where do I move? I'm graduating from college. What I, okay, read Reconnaissance Man. If you're in high school, it's written written for people in high school. Uh, that's that's what you should do. You know, ideally, you would read it at that age. Um, but for those of you, you're like, where do I live? You can send asshole consulting a question. I'll charge you for it. Uh, but then I'd recommend you read Reconnaissance Man. Basically, what it boils down to this. If you want to pay me so you don't have to read a book, which I understand, I totally understand that because I hate reading. Go to Asshole Consulting. If you got some time, you know, you want to save a couple bucks and you enjoy reading, whatever weird freak you are, um, go get Reconnaissance Man. Uh, then we have The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty. That, uh, I am not kidding, has gotten more black men out of poverty than any government program ever did. And that's not much of a, a brag or a boast because uh, government programs never get people out of poverty. It's not that hard, uh, but that's done more to help. Uh, I'd say a hundred or so hundreds, not thousands yet. If it was in the thousands, I'd make a lot more money off of that book, but check that out. Uh, if you happen to have a black friend who wants to get out of poverty and is at least open to ideas, if he's just a hey, Democrat, I mean, if this is the standard, you know, that's, you're not, that's a you know, deaf ears. You're not going to. But if something like, man, I am sick of this shit and uh, smart dude, <clears throat> get him that book. That's a pet economics, uh, the financial advice Bible for men. That is mandatory reading for all of you. If you have not read it, please go get it. That one is actually worth reading. Not that my other books aren't worth reading. I'm just saying for the, it's almost 500 pages. Thankfully, you don't have to read through it all in one shot. It's more of a reference book, chronologically based. So we start in high school. We go to what you study in college. What kind of skills and trades, career, entrepreneurship, all that other stuff from from 14 to death is basically how that book is designed. So um, everybody should read that. Women, too. 
You just want to ask me questions about, you know, is my blood too salty? But when you're done asking those questions, you want to want to, you know, join us. You want to close the wage gap, ladies. Get the book Bachelor Pad Economics and read it. Worthless, the young person's indispensable guide to choosing the right major. That is coming uh, up on its sales season for a graduation gift. Graduation's coming up soon. We're about two and a half months away from kids being let out of prison. And for the seniors who've already chosen their schools, I know, Aaron, you should really sell that, you know, in uh, fall of, of people's junior year because that's when they – I know, I know, I'm lazy. I'm just lazy. No one buys – there's no – celebration going on when kids decide what school they're going to go to as a junior in October. There's no celebration. There's not, hey, he finally chose a degree day. There is graduation day. That's when you get the book. And look, the first year of your college is going to be a pissing away of time no matter what. You got to take all these liberal arts degrees or uh, classes. You got to hire Alex at academiccomposition.com to write your papers for you so you don't have to be bothered with that bullshit. So it doesn't matter if you get a senior in high school, this book, well, they've already determined that they're good, but they can change it. And they're not going to waste the first year anyway. It's all about lesbian poetry studies. Uh, enjoy the decline. God almighty. Do you hate uh, Ocasio-Cortez? Get that book. Enjoy the decline. Make you feel better. Oh, this, this is working so much better now. There's not a single sound. You all doubted me. You, oh, he's crazy. He's crazy. So crazy it might just work. Like every fucking invention, every success in the world, that's crazy. Let's just keep doing things the same way we've always done. Then we'll have progress. Uh, Poor Richard's Retirement. I got that book here somewhere. I got all these books here. Why am I not showing that? Where's that? Well, okay. I don't have that book. But if I did, I'd show it to you. Poor Richard's retirement, that's for all of you guys who don't think you have enough saved up for retirement. And I show you how easy retirement can be. And I address the underlying psychological issues of basically spending more than you make. And um, that's the key. That's what differentiates it between, say, like an early retirement extreme. Great book, by the way. I, I promote it. Uh, absolutely no problem. That's more mathematical and uh, <clears throat> methodological, showing you financially how to do it or any one of Dave Ramsey's books. Uh, but this one addresses the underlying psychological incentive people have to consume and materialism. And I kind of train you on how to get out of that. Then I go through some finances, uh, of which is academic, but um, that is a good book. That one's definitely one worth getting. Uh, Curse of the High IQ, here we go. Look at that. Isn't that an amazing? Everybody critiques me for my covers. I think they're awesome, by the way. I think they're great. Uh, this is a good book. One of my more popular ones. Um, if you're smart or if you had a low GPA and you found, hey, were you bored in school? Did you hate your teachers? Do you have trouble fitting in in social circles? Are you finding sports and sports ball incredibly boring? Do you find nightclubs a pain in the ass? That book's for you. And I do mean this when I talk uh, about my audience and my listeners and my followers. You guys are definitely smarter than the average bear. That's not ass kissing. That's uh, true. You'd be surprised. Go to queendom.com. Take a test. It's a ballpark. Find, oh my God, I got an IQ of 120. No shit. What was I telling you? Uh... Oh, so those are all my books that I got out there. Review them online if you've already got them. Now, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. 
what the hell did I do here? What the fuck? Look at all these damn books. Look at all these damn books. Okay. Then I have my best of series, which I have been a poor promoter of. I'm a very poor promoter. Um, this is the best of Captain Capitalism, top shelf. You'll notice the pinup model there. I've hired different uh, artists to do different pinup models because the previous uh, covers for these books were kind of blah. I'll admit that. Uh, so I paid, this is, uh, I forget his name. He's out in South Africa, but he did a good job. So you get a little pinup there. It's basically the best of my blog post works uh, so that if Google ever decide to say we don't like it, we're going to take down your blog. I have some of my best works back up. This is Captain's Corley. This is only a one-off. Um, I was going to back up my blog quarterly, so I would not accidentally lose a lot of uh, my work. Uh, what's nice about this is it's color, and I had the idea of having a model for each one, kind of a la Playboy. And um, I really wanted to do it. You know, nothing, nothing rated R or anything like that, but classic pinup type of stuff. Captain's Quarterly. Um, the problem was, of course, finding a model because pretty girls are totally not reliable. Where's another one? Let's get a good one. There, I have, That's one of my favorite. I like that one. You can find that online, Captain's Quarterly. It's what, fall of 2015. I was going to do a quarterly. <clears throat> Honest to God, you girls are so unreliable. It's easier, it's easier to draw girls than it is to get them out. And then Love Letters to the Left. This came out a little bit different, but I'm kind of growing and liking it. You can see it's obviously very large. Um, it's a ton of words a lot of backup and then that's the pin up there um they make a nice coffee book but i'm not joking uh these are usually highly rated because this is my best writing from the blog and when you're not rushed to put together one piece of work for an entire book but you could just say eh, i'm gonna write a quick little essay um the 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 it comes out real good it's not it's uh i'm an okay writer come on let's get that back there I got it. You can't see it on the desk. It's all. Yeah, I'll leave that down there. I got a cluttered desk because <clears throat> I don't really have shelves to put stuff in. All right. So those are the best of books. You can find those online through amazon.com. Everything is an audio paperback and Kindle, except for the best of those are just uh Kindle and paperback. Then we got other people's book. Elkins comprehensive tax guide, 2019. The Elkins Guide, Tax Cuts and Job at Jobs Act. If you happen to be an accounting professional or you're just about to do your taxes, it's tax season. Check out Chad's uh, uh, books there. And our no good, dirty Australian friend, you know that dirty, no good Adam Piggott. He is down in Louisiana, which is kind of tragic and sad. He's like, don't even bother visiting. We're way too busy. It was like, ah, oh, dang, he's right here. So he's too busy um, working down Louisiana. Uh, but he has a website called Pushing Rubber Downhill. So if you go to pushingrubberdownhill.com, uh, he's got a podcast. Basically the same setup I got. Podcast, books, and blog. So he writes articles. He has two books out there called Run Guts, Pull Cones, and his flagship product, Pushing Rubber Downhill, which is mandatory reading for every man. It's kind of a Luke Skywalker saga. He starts out, oh, I'm just a little puppy message boy. Oh, I get it. He literally drives across Australia on a crappy crotch rocket for a girl. He goes from Perth to Sydney. Atham, look up how far. That's basically driving across the United States. And she does return his calls. 
<laughs> and that is the pressure that takes the space dust of nothingness that slowly coalesces to form a man, and that causes the pressure for all that space dust to conform and converge into a singular and to explode into the fiery sun that Adam Piggott became a fiery son of a man. Uh, I just, you just knew where that was going when he first chapter. Uh, anyway, so check his, his site out, pushing rubber downhill, check out his podcast, please check out his books. And, uh, one of these days he'll be coming back to the United States. You got that. Uh, if you want to buy the podcast archive, a lot of people say, Hey, Clary, where's, where's episodes one through 100? Uh, they're on a thumb drive. I didn't upload them yet. If you want them, I'll sell them to you for 35 bucks. Not because I'm a dick, but because I got to go pay for the damn thumb drive. I got to put them on the thumb drive that I got to go to the post office. I got to mail it to you. I don't actually make that much money on it. I do make some, uh, barely enough to cover my time. Um, but, uh, if you want it, I could find them. I got them somewhere. I'll put it there. Hey, and free thumb drive. There you go. So we have the League of Extraordinary Podcasters, uh, 405media.com, Financial Survival Network with Kerry Lutz, Kanto Talk with Silvio Kanto, O'Shea Jackson, Economic Invincibility, Jim Fear, 138.blogspot.com, Jim Fear, 138.blogspot.com, our other pipe smoking author with thick collars, tjmartinell.com, Small Scale Life, World Class Bullshitters, our good friend Rich Cooper with Entrepreneurs in Cars, he's on YouTube. Uh, noncommunistsciencefiction.com. Our friend Michael Kingswood, he is a short story writer. He actually got published. Someone bought a story off of him, so that's good. He's doing well. If you, if you want a break from politics and all that, check out noncommunistsciencefiction.com. Safetyphd.com. That's the safety doc, Dr. David Perodin, who's rapidly approaching retirement, I think. And um, he's got a book coming out, too. Um, the kids of Manhattan. You know what? I'll wait till he sends me. It's it's not out yet. They're doing that pre-order. Hey, buy that kind of thing and stuff. Uh, let's go. Make sure there's no more super chats. There are not. Awesome. All right. I'm going to take a piss. I'll be back. Are you really? Yes, I am. Because I can't.
Cool. No messages. All right. Let's work for Cappy. <clears throat> All right. There we go. All right. Let's get to it. Um, it's the millennial days. I, I uh, where do we want to start? Where was? Let's start. Let me. I'll regale you. With a tail. We'll start here and I'll go on to another article. Obviously I'm moving. So I got to find new lodging. And the goal was to find lodging close as possible to the GF's workplace. Also, genuine, uh, generally considering safety, we're not going to move to the ghetto. Uh, but the uh, the GF lives in a neighborhood that's that's so far flunked from the city that it's practically not even the burbs. It's, it's almost farmland at this point, rapidly becoming suburbia. And so we, I, last time I rented, the last time I rented my rent was $333 a month. It was over on LaSalle Avenue in Minneapolis. Admittedly back in the nineties, that's the last time I rent. No way. I take it back. It was Wyoming. I take that back. Where my rent was five hundred dollars a month in twenty twelve. So I'm thinking, like, yeah, it's not gonna be that. It's just we'll get a one bedroom. You know, this place is pretty small, actually. A few of you have been here. You know, it's very small. And I'm thinking anything's gonna be better than this. I essentially still sleep in a basement. I shower in a basement. The living quarters are up here. <clears throat> But it, it's it's puny. I'm like, anything's going to be a better upgrade than this. <laughs> and so for a one-bedroom anywhere near the GF's workplace is between eleven dollars and $1,600 a month. <laughs> and there's various uh, variables that go in. Like if you get too far away, yeah, you can get cheaper. Uh, if we go further south, closer towards the metro area. We could get cheaper housing in like uh, St. Paul or the Fridley or stuff like that, somewhere along the 694 corridor. If you gentlemen want to look that up. Uh, but then you're kind of in, yeah, well, you, you also got a 20, 25 minute commute. It's kind of meh neighbors, uh, not neighbors, but neighborhoods. It's not the worst. It's not the best. I'd be fine with it. The GF is like, oh. Uh, then we get further out. And then because you're getting further away from the metro, that means the stock of old 1970s, 1980s, even 1990s type of apartments go down. And now it's all aughts or 20-teens or 2010s housing, which is all brand new. So if we want to get anywhere near close, and I'm all for saving time. You guys know me. I'm all for saving time. We, we want to get anywhere near close where the GF works. We're going to essentially have... Brand new, in my eyes anyway, 2010 or later, housing, which we find. And it's a whole new world. It's a, in the olden days, you go in, fill out an application or be in the paper, be on Craigslist, <clears throat> fill out the application. Here's my social security number, do a charge. Here you go, move in. Here's the keys. And it's just this dumpy old apartment. Now 
It is an experience. It's like walking into a freaking spa. You walk in, it's all this new gray fake wood panel floor with artistic walls. And not one, not one apartment complex that we looked out didn't have uh, an entertainment room or a gym. It, it was more like, <clears throat> here's what it was like walking into a new hotel. You have an area. Some places even had coffee. You get free coffee in the morning. They One had two gyms, not one, two, because there's so many people there. Another had a, a, a kitchen, a communal kitchen. The one had an exterior kitchen, like a like a uh, an outdoor grill with patio seating and everything. Not one place we looked at didn't have a pool. I'm like, but in the pool in Minnesota, you can you can use like three months a year. What do you do? I don't need this shit. I don't need. I need a place to sleep and shit. That's all I really need. That doesn't exist. It does not exist if you get too far away from the city. So, so the number one thing was to save on commute time. We were, we were, I hate to say stuck, but we were stuck with this. And you millennials, you want to know, oh, why is rent so high? I don't know. Maybe you live in these insanely, it's not over luxurious. It's gluttonous, luxurious apartments. You have to have everything. The gyms. The 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 interior design alone of these places had to set you back. Uh, the, the investors several million dollars back. They got to recoup these costs. What you think that pool is free? You think it's maintenance free? That one had a jacuzzi. You think that's free? All this pampered, luxurious bullshit comes at an insanely high cost. That you want to know why rents are so damn high? There, that's why your rents are so damn high. Your rents are so damn high because you have to have all this overhead, all this gluttonous, let's not call it luxury, gluttonous crap you don't need. But because of things and stuff, I'm forced to go into this gluttonous luxury apartment market and pay insanely high prices. I got a deal. We got a deal. This was affordable. $1,300 a month for a one-bedroom. In the fucking excerpts. <laughs> For my purposes, it, it's still, yeah, okay, <laughs> we're going to, and thank God it's two of us because the hell if I'd ever pay 13, I never paid 1300 for my mortgage. I'm just wondering, what, you're never going to retire. You millennials are never going to retire. Don't tell me you all paid off your student loans. I mean, what's the the latest article? Well, hang on. Let's find out. Percent of student loans in default. Forty percent. Forty percent of you are in default. You're not paying back your student loans, but you're going to go get your fucking avocado and toast. With your fucking high-end luxury apartments where they make fucking espresso. There's a goddamn espresso machine at one of them. And you're paying. Again, I'm on the cheap. I don't know what you guys are paying. Oh, my God. What are you paying in L.A. or California or like a downtown place? Holy shit. You will never retire. You will work till you're dead. Same thing could be said about the baby boomers. 
67% of them. When I did the math for poor Richard's retirement, uh, only a third of baby boomers uh, have the ability to retire. Gen X, <clears throat> I think they're going to be worse, but holy, you guys just don't give a shit, right? <laughs> just other people should pay for everything and you're entitled. YOLO. <laughs> a truly, par we'll find out in the end, but my gosh, a truly parasitic generation and conceited and arrogant. I, now, I know a lot of you are, yeah, I know you guys are, I, it's unfair that you have these assholes ruining your reputation. A lot of you, well, most of you listening anyway, you guys, you guys are playing it right. I know that. But my God, the rest of your peers, how do you afford $1,300 a month for a one bedroom? No doubt only one person lives in that one bedroom. No doubt. Come on, right? YOLO. <laughs> my God, they have espresso. It's made here. And I just go and it there's another with a with a game room, which I think, okay, that's kind of cool. That's kind of neat. But don't, is that it? Is 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 you don't want to leave the campus? You don't want to leave the dorm room? You want to extend your college life? This is basically another dorm room, except really, 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 really luxurious. Next thing they're gonna do is they're gonna have cafes. I almost that's the next progression. That's the only next. You know, sometimes you should just stop. In my world, lodging should be lodging. You sleep. Fun should be fun. You go out. Eating should be eating. You go to a restaurant or you cook at home. But I have a feeling they're gonna they're gonna have luxury cafes. They're gonna have like a. I don't know if you guys got it in your areas, but we have these. Uh, it's a luxury grocer called Byerly's. Byerly's Lund, same thing. And there's a competitor called Kowalski's. And uh, they basically put together a very fancy spread of food and a high-end deli. So you essentially don't have to cook. You go to pay for it, but it's a very well, <clears throat> very good prepared food. I uh, dabble every once in a while. I'm wondering if they're going to put one of these things now into these apartment complex. That's, that's just the next generation I see happening. And the rents are going to go up to, what, $2,000 a month for a one-bedroom? And you'll never leave. You'll never go out. You'll never do. I really look at this as lodging and the least amount of commuting as possible. It was a very economic decision. I doubt I'm going to, well, I guess I can give up my uh, my gym membership because there's a gym. I got to save. I'm looking at the budget. I'm like, oh, geez, I, we got to really, we'll save a lot on time and gas and all that. But I'm thinking, like, ah, we still got to cut the budget somewhere here a little bit to get to my sta uh, sa uh, standards of satisfaction. And so I probably will get rid of my gym membership because it just isn't worth it. It's just not, I just, we got it right now. We got a gym. It's a nice gym. Not this crap shit gym. It's, everything's perfect. Oh, it's wonderful. Top of the line. Why a red so high? It makes my eyes rain. Um, so I, that was... I just, oh, and I'm worried. I want to be the old man in this apartment building. I'm going to be like Mr. Roper in Three's Company. That's something way too old for you youngins to even know <clears throat> what I'm talking about. I'm just going to go. I'm going to be like, I'm just seeing like some bearded hippie 
sandal wearing fuck walking past me. I'm going to be amazing if I go through this entire lease without punching someone. I won't. I won't. But I just, I just fear what my neighbors are going to be like. I'm going to play it low. Maybe that's, maybe I should, eh, let's make some lemonades out of lemons, right? Maybe this will give me a whole new uh, genre to write uh, articles about, you know, Gen Xer in the midst. It'd be like a Gen X guy in the midst of millennial life. I'll dye my hair black. I'll grow it out. I look young enough in the face, constantly shave. Or maybe I'll just grow a really big beard. Hey, man. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. I drink kombucha too, dude. <laughs> dude, have you been to Austin? Yeah. I'm going to the music show. Oh, yeah. Let's go to Burning Man. Mm. Oh, God. Related. For for you millennials willing to listen, although... Uh, let's let's also where where I'm what the younger millennials if you guys are doing the older millennials you older millennials now have a responsibility to the younger millennials you got to train them in teach them in make sure they don't fuck up like the rest of the millennials all right so we're gonna move to the the focus one because you guys are wise now you like the seniors in Cappy Cap College now you got to teach the freshmen so you got the younger millennials now the first Gen Zers coming in uh, we gotta as older brothers older sisters we gotta guide them. <clears throat> Related from Reuters.com to lure young talent banks mimic tech workspaces. Tattooed models in mustard robes replaced the usual gray suited bankers at Nordia's Bank's Copenhagen headquarters recently as the Danish bank strutted out its latest attempt to woo young talent. Guys, if you are wooed by anything but money and health insurance and things like that. You're wrong. Okay. Uh, it's nice. Hey, okay. And <clears throat> working from home. See, your life is not at the office. It's not at the apartment building. It's somewhere else. It's out there. And already, already, I just picture. Anyone see Wayne's world. Do you guys remember Wayne's world where the corporate executives are so disconnected from the teenagers of the 1990s. They're just like, yeah, let's do that. That sounds great. Now we'll get with those. Ha ha, right? They are so far removed from what's hip. They actually think that, well, we'll read what they actually think. Hosting a fashion show. Right there, I guess hosting a fashion show is what's going to get you to go work at a bank. Because they put on a fashion show. You're going to go work for some soulless, cocksucking organization. That does nothing to produce GDP. That is going to have you just sit there and look at computer screens. Your job is not going to be rewarding. It's not, it's not going to, you can make a lot more money working in tech or anywhere else. This old dead industry. Hey, hey, kids, we got a fashion show, huh? See, she's got tattoos just like you do. Ha ha. Come work for us. You are a fool to fall for that. A fool. And here's the picture. All these young kids are on their damn phones. They're all. Oh, God. Just the picture says a thousand words. You got a a guy. Hang on. Is that a guy dressed as a. I think it's a guy. 
dressed as a woman. It looks like I think they actually have a guy dressed as a woman. The fashion is ugly. And all these kids have their damn cell phones out. I mean, if you have nothing, I, I'm shocked as, as to how many young people are sitting here watching this parade of ugliness. And there's those great tile floors. There they are, the great tile floors right there. The fact that this this many people had so little going on in their lives that they would be, they expect, like this is the best use of their time. They decided this is the best use of my time to go here. And watch cross-dressers walk around in ugly fashion. Maybe you are. Maybe you do deserve to be duped. Not you guys. That's the point. That's the point of older brothers to highlight this, to warn you. Don't become these people. Seriously, if you're a, you're a young millennial or Gen Zer, you're like, oh, look at this. You don't want to become these people. Hosting a fashion show is just one way companies like Nordia, the largest financial group in the Nordic countries, are trying to attract 20-something and 30-something employees. Shame on you if you're 30-something and you're still falling for this bullshit. As financial services have moved online, banks have to battle with tech giants like Google and Amazon, which boast offices with features like massage rooms to sign up tech-savvy millennials skilled in areas like artificial intelligence programming. How about work-from-home privileges, no commutes, and more money? Banks today are not really banks like they were years ago, Dansky Bank head of real estate Christian Ron Osteras said in an interview. <clears throat> banks are more and more IT companies, so the fact that we compete for the same talents also means that we have to offer the same or better physical benefits and services. Workplace ambiance is becoming increasingly crucial for banks and the quest for talent. You know where I find the best ambiance? is sometimes at home, sometimes at WA Frost, sometimes at a different coffee store. It's wherever I want to go. With my laptop. See, if he said IT, that means it's digital. So why force these poor kids to work in a goddamn office? You say, hey, Aaron, we have a fashion show, and we have pizza every Fridays, and there's a massage. And so you want to come to up? Nope. Can you beat... Can you beat Blowjob Tuesdays at noon? Can you beat Nooners? Can you offer Nooners? Because... I, I got nooners back at my office at home. Mm -hmm. Do you have, oh, you don't have nooners. That would cause a sexual harassment problem. Oh, okay. Well then fuck you and your massage. Fuck you and your pizza Fridays. I got nooner Tuesdays. Do you have sleep in every day? Get the work done whenever day. Uh, can I go to Perkins night? Can I work at Perkins? I No, I can't do that. You want me from, well, go fuck yourself. See, but we have clown Wednesdays, and we hire a clown to come in, and then uh, a safety animal or, or emotional support animal Wednesdays at, at 10 a.m. Where, where they bring in the little dogs from the pound. They're like, uh, can I sleep in? No, you have to be here at 8 a.m. Hey, go fuck yourself. All this bread and circuses you guys are going to fall for. <clears throat> Among youth who care about the environment and not just a juicy paycheck, 27 or 77% of millennials say that the workplace is more important than salary. Oh my God. <laughs> Cause you never had a, I guess, 
I guess you've had everything paid for and you're not paying back your loans. So finances, like budgeting is completely lost on you. Like the money just comes from the sky. I, I don't know. That's the number. That's the only thing that really matters is how much you're paid. But you guys have been so pampered and had everything handed to you. You have a complete disconnect from finance. You don't even, you don't even know what, what a deficit or a surplus is. Money truly doesn't matter because it's you've lived in a communist quasi environment your entire time. Mommy and daddy paid for everything. The government pays for everything else. What's that? I don't care about Sally. Do you have puppies we can pet on Puppy Friday? Yay, I'll come work for you. What was it? There was another article that the millennials were all excited about prestige or status. Oh, you fucking sheep. 77% of millennials say that the workspace is more important than salaries. The chief oper operating officer trolls Bjerg at ISS, a top facility services firm whose customers include most of Europe's uh, 25's biggest banks. Chief executives are attracting and retaining talent as their number one challenge, according to data from ISS. How smart can they be if they don't like money? <clears throat> I mean, how smart? Are you going for the dopey uh, IT genius who knows nothing about finance or girls? But you you said, hey, we got hammock Thursdays. Whoa! And women dig a man who lies in a hammock. Really? I I might be able to feel a booby at the age of 28. Oh, boy. Finally, my master's in computer science will pay off. No one of these pickup artists. I thought maybe yeah, the red pill would, you know, we'd have our thing and it fit, you know, and the wisdom would be passed. Nope. Nope. Future's looking bright for pickup artists and red pill community type of guys. There's going to be no shortage of dopey, dumbass, brainwashed boys coming out of these colleges and schools. Uh, a Danish provider of facilities. As moved from being on the janitor's agenda to the CEO's agenda, Beric said. That startup feeling. I want to work at a startup. How's my audio? Checkity check. Okay, it's coming in all right. Nordy is also looking at places like Disney and Silicon Valley for inspiration to shed banking's dusty image. Well, <clears throat> how about you apologize profusely for making bad loans, lying to people, and causing a financial crisis globally? How about... Here, here's a starter. You hunt down all the old bankers that made all the bad loans. You cut their heads off. You put them on spikes. And you say, uh, we're, we reformed. How's that? That's just, that's just what President Cleary would do. It's important that you have something you could talk about when you get home. They don't get at home. They never go home. They go home and they, I don't know, have espresso and, 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 and go to a drum circle. Said Treen Thorne, Nordia's head of work. And who's, what home? They have no families. They're all single. They talk to their cats? We have to create something attractive and different. I want to have this startup feeling. Nordia's head of workplace management. Let's see what Trine Thorne looks like. That's a unique enough name. I don't know if it's a guy or a girl. Those Nordic names are somewhat dif difficult to suss out. I'm going to picture... Not an attractive person. Oh, it's yeah, it's a Gen Xer, older Gen Xer. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Okay, old <clears throat> young baby boomer. 
Here's a picture of her. Oh, she does have a wedding ring. Oh, my goodness. I, I stand corrected. I was assuming there'd be a cat's. At Dansky Bank in Vilnius, Lithuania's capital, where it has 700 IT employees, you can nap in a booth in the library relaxation area or challenge colleagues to ping pong or PlayStation. Well, how zany. We didn't come up with that in the dot-com boom in the 90s. I never saw that. Dansky share. Sh this is so basic bis uh, bitch business majors. The Simpsons, where... Uh, an old episode of The Simpsons where um, Montgomery Burns, Charles Montgomery Burns says, all right, we will give them their tartar sauce. And then employee production skyrockets because they're just serving fish at the cafeteria. He says, we will give them their tartar sauce. Give them all the tartar sauce in the world. I don't think I'd ever want to hang out or be friends with anyone at work. I mean, colleagues are not enemies, but. Oh, Dansky shared services at a, in villainous will stay when the bank pulls out of the Baltic countries and Russia in the wake of one of the largest ever money laundering scandals, video games and flexible seating, flexible seating. Just let him work from home. For fuck's sake, you're making this goddamn daycare center for a bunch of adult children. I mean, next thing's going to be close. Hey, kids. Just let them go home. Did they get their work done at home? There. Oh, my God. Everybody wants an inspiring workplace, and the challenge might be that millennials have been highlighted so much lately, Asteras of Dansky said. It's important to attract talents of the future, but it should not remove focus from other types of employees. I mean, the productive ones? The ones that don't show up to work in a diaper and need their hands held? People are like, let me get my fucking work done. No, I don't want to play ping pong. See, now Gen X is going to have the reputation of those angry, bitter old men. We'll be there. Yay! We got our work done. And meanwhile, we're the ones that, well, can't say that about Gen X in general. But us, us stick in the muds are actually paying back our student loans if not they're paid back. Us stick in the muds actually have a retirement plan. Us stick in the muds actually have friends. We don't have to rely on some luxury, gluttonous, uh, luxury apartment building to create the environment. God, you can create all, spend all the money in the world you want. If you're dysfunctional as a person, you're not going to socialize. You're not going to form bonds. You're not going to get great human interaction. You got to be a good person. All the espresso shop uh, machines in the world isn't going to make that happen. <clears throat> uh, Nordia has been working closely with ISS to create a workplace that feels both like a bank and a tech startup. ISS, mainly known for its cleaning and catering services, says its new business for workplace experiences has been one of its fastest growing areas in year. Experience managers. We need a war. We need a goddamn war. We really need people to suffer and be in pain and misery so that they know what's important in life. We, we are such a pampered, spoiled society. We now have experienced managers. I always get a kick out of, I'm, a, I'm an, uh, what is it, an influencer. I'm an influence. Like, oh, fuck. 
the titles people have is an indication as to how weak and pussified the society is. Creates initiatives like pop-up car wash in an office parking lot or tour around the company to support knowledge sharing. <laughs> how about get to your fucking job and work? <clears throat> oh, God. It is. It's daycare. It's basically what these companies are going to become. They're going to become adult daycare. My role is to help create a culture that's more relevant to Generation Z, said Dino Portelli, <clears throat> an ISS experience manager contracted by a big global bank in New York. Oh, oh, now, now. Yeah, but I bet you you're going to still force these kids to work 80 hours a week. Portelli is behind initiatives like a shuttle bus to the bank's remote site with a host on board who can help employees book a meeting room, provide replacement pantyhose if needed. What? Or pre-order coffee to be ready upon arrival? I skim them, guys. I kind of look at the title, go through it. I don't read through them all the way. Oh, for fuck's sake. <clears throat> banks are very corporate, but here it feels like you are in a Google office, he said of the site, which also includes a manicure salon and works with a local farm to supply greens. In New York? They're arriving their suits on Monday. By Wednesday, they're in slacks, and by Friday, they're playing ping pong. Oh, I'm sure that contributes to GDP. I'm sure that contributes to GDP. I this is It's stuff like this where I'm like, yeah, I got to. I got to get an out of the United States plan B. I, oh my God. I hope Gen Z is waking up. I hope they're looking. I hope they're looking at the millennials. There's no work getting done. They're not paying their loans. It's this perpetual extension of childhood and adolescence. There'll never be a spark that forms a sun. There'll never be the pressure. It's just <clears throat> perpetual weak times. All right. Uh, maybe I should go to the super chats, make sure we're not losing out on any here. There's no, uh, no super chat. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. You guys. Uh, can you guys hear me? Hit one in the chat room if you can hear me or nothing else. I guess if you can't. Please don't tell me I've been podcasting. Oh, there we go. All right. Thanks, Ed. I appreciate it. All right. It's about to say if I did that hour of work and lost it. Uh, from the Washington Post. Sign on the dotted line why millennials are writing contracts for their relationships. You're not human. You're going to become robots. This reminds me. Allow me a, <clears throat> another side story. I went and I stayed uh, with a buddy of mine down in Tucson. And he says, come on down. I got some new lodging. I got some new digs. He says, just so you know, the people are kind of different. I said, what do you mean different? He says, well, it's a bunch of millennial kids. I'm like, well, it's, it's, what's wrong with that? I mean, I'm not going to walk in there with my dick painted like Donald Trump. What, what, he's like, well, they're, they're kind of different. They're nice, very nice. But they're a little bit different. So I go in. There's a guy bought a house. It's a boarding house. 
bunch of young people hanging out there and some cool kids. I talked to them. A lot of forest rangers or park rangers, a lot of hikers. Like I totally. And the one thing I noticed about them <clears throat> is how they're all dead in their eyes. The, here they are enjoying warm weather. A lot of them were from Northern States. They're down in Tucson. A lot of them worked at the national parks, kind of like a dream job for a 20 something. I was excited about like, oh, what's that? Like you work at that park? That's amazing. Really? You've been there? Da, da, da. And even when talking to them, here I am, I'm way closer to death than they are. I'm in nowhere near as good a shape as they are. I don't have the jobs they do. It would have been a dream job for me. And the, the feeling of morbidness and lifelessness and indifference and depression. It was beautiful out in Tucson. I went hike. I was excited. And then you'd wake up. There were no windows. Everything was dark. They're lying around. They're watching TV. Some of them had some pretty attractive, uh, you know, for millennials, they're pretty attractive women. They're in shape. Let's put it there. They were in shape. No one's smiling. They're all pissed off. And I asked my guy, I said, did someone die? Because I didn't know. I was like, what, what happened? Did the dog die? What no, no, they're just like that. I'm like, oh. And it's because none of you have any, I don't know, you've never had challenge. Has everything been handed to you? You don't appreciate life. And it almost reminded me a lot when I worked security uh, for the, one of the Saudi uh, entourages that came down to the Mayo Clinic. They had so much money and wealth that they lost the ability to value what was important in life. And it was the weirdest thing ever. The 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 princesses, you know, he's got a forty thousand wives, whatever. They go buy stuff. They were never smiling, and they buy pizza. They buy diamonds. Then they buy uh, a case of of hand sanitizer from Walmart. I'm like, what, what are they going to give that to alms to the poor when they get back to Saudi Arabia? Like, no, they just want to buy it. This constant trying to find value and purpose and point in life by buying shit, and they had. You could see because they had everything handed to them that there was <clears throat> unlimited wealth. With unlimited wealth, you lose the ability to judge value. And the millennials, these guys, I wonder if it was the same thing. Was everything just handed to them so easily? You know, and, and then, oh, maybe, oh, Trump's president. Maybe that was it. They just were so depressed Trump was president. I, I don't know. But they never really suffered. They never really starved. They didn't sleep in basements. They didn't have to do without. They did have a cafeteria at school. They just racked up debt. They're not paying back the student loans. Then they get these dream jobs working at national parks or being firefighters, other kind of cool stuff. But since they never suffered, they never endured. They all had ping pong at their internship. Oh, that, that without that pain, they could not appreciate, enjoy, let alone recognize the pleasure recognize the awesomeness you get to work in this national park. I won't mention which ones, but they're cool ones. They're really cool ones. Dude, you put me out there. I'd be like every day going to work. Zippity doo da, zippity yay. What? Someone's lost out there. I'll go get them. No, no, I'll hike the 20 miles. Don't worry. I'll send the helicopter out. Get my headphones. and Listen to Pushing Rubber Downhill and TJ Martinell. But it was so sad. Like, here they are. They're in the prime of their lives. They got great jobs. They're all miserable. They're all zombies. 
I'm wondering, is, is this the same thing? Like, you got to be robotic. Now everything has to be codified. Oh, we're going to write. Uh, why millennials are writing contracts for the relationships? Are you that bored? You, you just can't wing it? You can't let it go where you want it to go. It has to be written into a contract. <clears throat> Rachel Sibley and John Meyer had been dating four months when they planned out a night to reflect on their relationship. How romantic. They dimmed the lights, lit some candles, and turned on a little soft music. And then they drew up a contract. What did you, how many buckets, how many five-gallon buckets at Home Depot did you have to go buy to capture all of her wetness? How, how, I mean, 10, 12 buckets? Did you have to call the fire department to wash down the place because she was so wet? What, how much, how much, how, how sexy was that? Both of us very much understand the value of a strategic plan. Oh, you're all robots. Soulless, inexperienced, non-human robots. Said Sibley, a marketing director for a company that makes virtual reality headsets who splits her time between Austin and San Francisco. A contract is just so clearly the way to optimize happiness and a contract is just so clearly the way to optimize happiness and clarity in a relationship. Op, op, op. Insert penis. Run orgasm protocol. Ah, ah, ah. Oh, baby, you are the king. You are the king. Good night. <laughs> Sibley and Meyer are part of a growing millennial trend to contractualize romantic relationships. To sit down and discuss relationship goals and expectations, then write them up in a shared Google Doc. Of course. Of course. You know you're wrong. <clears throat> Don't tell me society changes. You just got to get with the time. You know, you're wrong. You're fucking wrong. You're throwing away the most important thing. That's your fucking humanity because you've been brought up wrong without a father. You think this is cool or you have just been so fucking indoctrinated by schools and colleges. You're all fucking wrong. And, and the cost and consequences is you are all working pretty cool jobs and you're fucking miserable. <clears throat> um particularly since writer Mandy Lynn Catron, uh, let's look her up, extolled her relationship contract in 2007 installment of New York Times Modern Love. Well, let's look her up. Let's see, who wants to become this gal? <laughs> She's a Gen Zer, a Gen Xer. How to fall in love. She got more Twitter followers than me. Please don't. Oh, barely. <clears throat> Writer. Oh, God. She's about my age. She looks like she's 43, 44. She's in her 40s. Why would you... You have a woman in her 40s talking about her relationship contract. If you're in your 40s and you're writing a relationship contract, ladies, don't you think that's the last person you want to follow the advice for or from? Or is it because it's cool and kitschy and it ignores the fact she's a spinster, essentially? Don't, don't give me this stuff that you don't need no man and you don't want no... I, 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 I know that that's that's your... Indoctrination talking. I know that. But deep down inside, don't tell me 
that that your genetics in two million years of human evolution aren't screaming for children and a man, does it not scare you a little bit? Why would you listen to this woman? Or is it easier? <clears throat> is it easier because it's under your control? Like whether you fail to get a guy or a family or have children or not, if you put on the facade and lie to yourself that you don't need a guy that then at least in 80% of your frontal cortex alleviates you from any responsibility or fear. So it's like a fear avoidance mechanism. And so now you grab almost a washed up hag who wrote a contract at the age of 44. It's like shit you do in middle school. Okay. And you promote her and you follow her lead. That's like me saying, hey, you know, I got some Jewish relatives. What did some of them do? They got on the cattle car. Really? I should go do that too. Maybe. What happened? Was it a good idea? I think I should do that. Now I think about it, that analogy is more accurate than I realize. You follow the lead. Following the lead. Here, here we go. Here's a quote. Here you could Twitter, Twitter this out. Following the lead, Women following the lead of feminists. It was like Jews following their fellow Jew onto the cattle car. Something like that. Something along those lines. <clears throat> In the 2017 installment of the New York Times Modern Love, a weekly essay series on love and romance. There's no love and romance. There's no love and romance in that. The practice seems to have exploded in popularity among both married and unmarried couples, several relationship experts and dating coaches. And who are these experts? How, is there an objective authority? Is there a way to tell if someone is a relationship expert? <laughs> Young people today have more expectations for what they want in a partner, said Vicki Larson, co-author of The New I Do. The contract helps them define that for themselves and for each other. Oh, my God, the navel, navel gazing. There's no one way to write a relationship contract. In Lake, they can range from a few brief bullet points to, like, by one 29-year-old woman based in Washington, D.C., 14 pages, single space. Notice it's all D.C., New York, L.A., or I'm sorry, San Francisco and Austin. You, you paying attention? Unlike a traditional prenup, a relationship contract is generally not legally binding. Well, I guess neither are prenups now either. It deals primarily with how to create and maintain a relationship rather than the financial fallout when one ends. You know it was women driving this. You know it was women like, so I read an article on New York Times Modern Love, and it said that we should have a relationship contract. Tanner, Tanner, are you like, Tanner? Damn right, you better listen to me, you bitch. Now set the controller down. We're going to have a relationship contract. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm doing my limp-wristed millennial impersonation. Oh, okay. Whatever. Do I have access to your pussy? Oh, okay. All right. I'll get these 20-something gals. How much do you think they're twiddling their twat? I'm going to put this in here. I'm going to put that in. I'm going to put all that. <laughs> <clears throat> While the topics covered are usually specific to the couple, Larson said the majority touch on subjects more likely to cause conflict in a relationship. Money, sex, chores, child care. Some, some confront big questions that might test a couple in the future. What if you land your dream job across the country? What if my aging parents need to move in? What if you cheat? In the template dating coach 
Logan Uri. Huh? Let's look up Logan Uri, huh? I'm having too much fun to go right now. I'm so glad they people have unique names. Author, coach, writing a book on how to make a better you. So sick of the coaches. Aaron, are you kind of a life coach? Yes, but I charge an arm and a leg, and I'm not like, hey, look in the mirror. You know what I see? The best person in the world, but you just got to follow my 10-step program that only costs $10,000 to make you the best you possible. Go you. Columnist at Behavioral Science. Oh, it's a girl. Oh, God, she's 12. received the BA from Harvard. Of course she did. Of course. And she's got 302 followers. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to quoting nobody. Oh. And the template dating coach Logan Uri uses for her workshop on relationship contracts, which she's held for packed lecture. I'm sure, yeah, packed lecture halls at SXSW and General Assembly San Francisco. Uri includes a self-reflection worksheet. It's navel-gazing. You millennials are real good at navel-gazing. Where individual partners separately consider their own values and relationship needs in a section where they come together to draft a shared agreement. It's about being really intentional. This is where, again, we need a war or really crippling recession. So they're like, hey, where do we find food? Hey, you're a nice person and you help me. I love you. It's... What do you think about Donald Trump? It's really about, it's about really intentional. It's about being really intentional about how you approach relationships from how you approach yourself to developing skills for creating something with another person, said Uri, who transitioned to this work after leading the behavioral economics team at Google. <laughs> how, how did you? Why is there a behavioral economics team at Google? And how does a 12-year-old head it? The concept of intentional love, Uri says, date back to psychoanalyst Eric Fromm, author of the book 1956, uh, author of the 1956 book, The Art of Loving. He famously argued that love should be considered an action rather than a passive state of being. Love isn't something natural, Fromm wrote. Rather, it requires discipline, concentration, patience, faith, and an overcoming of narcissism. It isn't a feeling, it's a practice. <clears throat> wow. Through the much of the 1920s and 19, fuck, this is how it's spelled. Through the much of the 19th and 20th centuries, relationship contracts have been used and publicized by leaders of the feminist movement. Yeah, what a happy group they are. After rebuffing suitor Henry Blackwell for two years, citing an aversion to the institution of marriage, which at the time endowed the husband with full custody of the wife's person, feminist activist Lucy Stone finally agreed to get married in 1858 but only on the condition that she and Blackwell draft an original contract to di dictate the terms of their union. We deem it a duty to declare that this act on our part implies no sanction of nor promise of voluntary obedience to such of the present laws of marriage. Stone, who kept her name, and Blackwell wrote. They go to outline the specific tenets of marriage that they reject, including the husband's right to assume control of the wife's property and any money she makes in the future. We believe that marriage should be in full and equal partnership. How long is this? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Do I want to? 
read all this. Uh, <clears throat> uh, 60s, 70s, two different contracts, attention. No, they didn't receive national attention. I'm just going to skip over. They go over two contracts where women outlined are feminists, and we got to. People, partner, if they're not going to do that, not really interested for heterosexual companies looking at traditional gender roles. A relationship contract serves to clarify those expectations from the start. No one could speak to whether this trend is more or less prominent among saints. Millennials need help creating a kind of relationship they might never have seen up close, said Susan Pease Gouda, psychotherapist and the author of several books on relationships, including The New I Do. Let's look up Susan. Aaron, are you going to go and say, ah, she's ugly? Don't trust her. Yes, I am. She may not be ugly. She could be pretty. Psychology today. <clears throat> oh, good Lord. Yes, she is ugly. All right. The majority of her clients who have expressed interest in relationship contracts have divorced parents, Gouda said, eager to take real action to avoid falling into the same destructive relationship patterns. They love the idea of thinking everything through. I don't think millennials take relationships for granted. There's a hunger for anything that might help strengthen us. Considerably more open to non-monogamous relationships, generally are more polyamorous than their non-traditional. Really, they're more polyamorous. I thought they were the generation having the least amount of sex ever. Before meeting Meyer, Sibley planned to have children. Before meeting Meyer, Sibley planned to have children on her own. Red flag. And raise them as a single mother. Red flag, Meyer. I didn't know if I could give my word to be a life partner to anyone. I didn't want to break my word with someone I love, she said. By drafting a contract with Meyer, Sibley said she was able to create her own unique model for a relationship. Uh, contracts feel more natural than millennials, said Kalina Rhodes, a psychology professor at the University of Denver who specializes in relationships. Women now comprising 47% of the workforce, significantly more people in partnerships today are accustomed to signing contracts to seal important deals particularly when approaching a wedding day or even a move-in together date. It can feel strange to not to go over the exact terms of the relationship. Traditional Christian wedding vows, for example, feel excru excruciatingly vague. What exactly is involved in having and holding from this day forward? Why? Well, I don't know. I mean, like, <clears throat> you commit till death do you part? While the traditional Jewish weddings include an actual contract, the ketubah, because divorce never happens in Judaism, the set of responsibilities outlined in the document are similarly cursory and hinge on gender, nor traditional gender norms. Uh, I'm just going through this as more masturbation for women. There's nothing more romantic than being intentional about your relationship. I okay. There you go. So they're contracts. They're all for contracts. Last article. Apology to UCD students as consent at proposal sparks uproar. First, you want consent and everything codified and written in the law. Students come up with a consent app, causes uproar. Make up your fucking minds, people. A leading professor at the University College Dublin has apologized. You never apologize. After an email detailing a medicine student's proposal for a consent app sparked outrage. The proposal for the app consent, that's the name of the app, it's called <clears throat> consent claim would allow for others to quickly verify their consent prior to sexual activities. Sounds pretty good to me. Did they pass that law in California? 
like for the student for the for the schools i think you actually have like have to have consent i think legal or written rather users could electronically sign verify a pre-made contract before sex to ensure consent is recorded this is the left should be they should be having a parade for this the School of Computer Science emailed this medicine student's proposal on Monday to all postgraduate third-year and final-year students in the department, and it said it may be of interest to them. However, the proposal for the app, which claimed to fight the ever-growing fear of men to be sued post-intercourse, was widely criticized by students who received the email. That's not that's not part of the issue? That's, that is not what's driving this? It's to protect the women? It's, it's to protect two parties. Or is this there's only one side of the coin and ignore the other side of the coin, even though it's there? Do men have the right to fear that? Do, do they? Do we, have, do we have the right to discuss it? Like, hey, whoa, you see what happened? Hang on, where was it? There. Randall Bentwick, right there. Right there. See that guy right there? Right there. There you guys go. It's so biased. It is so anti-male. I'm not one to be the victim. But this is so anti-male. This, this is such a bias, and it is dangerous, boys. That's why I recommend you get that book, The Pence Principle. It read, due to consent not being recorded, denied, retracted, the life-destroying ramification that follows, as well as allowing for a clear opportunity if the other, for instance, female, does not wish to continue with the act and leaves out the lack of communication, which is responsible for the destruction of thousands of lives each year. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, it is. If you think fake rape accusation or fake sexual harassment act or whatever uh, is not an issue, maybe we got to have another University of Virginia incident, maybe another Rolling Stone incident, maybe another Emma Sokowitz. The head of the computer science, the head of the School of Computer Science, Professor Padraig Cunningham, Issued an apology to all students yesterday and said the email should not have been forwarded. <laughs> Reminds me of the, there were some guys um, at a school that came up with a chemical you could put on your fingernail that if you dipped it into your drink, it would tell you if it had been laced with, um, not LCD, the Spanish fly drug, a date rape drug. <clears throat> and you would think like, this is great. This will help women prevent, you know, like they leave, go to the bathroom, their drink is left there. They could put their finger and see if it's been tainted or not. And there was an article actually written about how this is wrong and pr promotes uh, sexism and rape culture because it doesn't teach men not to rape. Forget it protects women. Forget it's a genius idea. No, no, no. The problem was that it put the responsibility on a girl to dip her finger into the thing to prevent rape. App, hey, provides consent and coincidentally also happens to protect the other signing party to the agreement. Oh, no, now it's horrible. Now it's sexist. Now we got to apologize. Uh, an email seen by the Irish Independent, Professor Cunningham wrote, an email he received on March 11th with the subject heading forward urgent was not reviewed and approved by the UCD School of Computer Science before it was forwarded as soon as the school emailing list, well, we don't have to worry about it anyway, because if you're sending it to the students of the School of Computer Science, they're not getting laid either way. I just, you know, uh, the school emailing list should not have been used to circulate this email. It was issued in error. Please disregard that email. On behalf of the school, I'd like to sincerely apologize to the students who have received this email and for the offense it has caused. Jade Wilson. Oh, here we have found this one guy. 
a student at the UCD and Student Union's Coordination for Gender Equality campaigns this year, said she was appalled. I'm sure you were to hear that the email was sent to hundreds of students. It indicates a culture of nonchalance around consent and women's safety. Not that they created an app that's not nonchalance, that's dedicated. It's clear that the developer of the app's primary concern is not the safety of women, nor is it to issue to ensure that all sexual encounters are consensual. The primary concern is to protect men from accusations of rape. Yes, that's <laughs> it does both. Is there a problem? Ms. Wilson said other students described the proposal as toxic masculinity at its finest. UCD students, presidents, UCD students, union, pre fuck, the longer these titles get, the more worthless you people become. Barry Murphy said the idea behind the app was worrying. Let's take a look at Jade Wilson. Let's see what a looker she is. Uh, here we go. Whoa, she ain't bad. Unless this is a guy dressed as a girl. Hang on. I could be wrong. This could be a good looking gal. Oh, yeah, Ireland. Here we go. <clears throat> Nothing. Image search. Oh, okay. Not bad looking, won't lie. Not bad looking at all. Of course, not smiling, but, you know. All right, there you go. There we go. All right. Uh, let's go through the Super Chats before Cappy calls it a day and gets out of Dodge. Um. Whoa. Norwegian Kroners. Hang on, let's take a look. What's the exchange rate for U.S. dollars? You donate no, 50 Norwegian kroners. Carry to USD. Let's cut South Korean won. Kroner. Oh, krone. 112.50 divided by 8. Uh, six bucks. All right, for six bucks. Legend Meadow says, is it worth it going to civil engineering in Norway? The average income for a civil engineer, measure science five years, about 86,000 U.S. in the private sector. I'd say, yeah, it's worth going into civil engineering. I don't know about in Norway. I'll tell you, it's a hell of a lot better than going and majoring in Norwegian studies or, uh, you know, uh, snowman studies. Uh, I don't know. Go look on the Internet and see what the – I'm fearing that there's something different about the Norwegian labor market or maybe there's something law – that prevents you from making more money in civil engineering, but double check. But usually your engineering is universally make more than, than most other degrees. I wouldn't worry uh, too much about, uh, about uh, not making money as a civil engineer. Way too so. What Chad, what's going on to let Ch Chad in, let Chad in. Aaron trying his Chad. Is oh, now you want to come in. Now he wants to come in. All right. Hang on, Chad. Give me a second here. See, earlier today, he was too good for us. All right, Chad, I'm going to send you the thing on uh, Twitter. I had to get through this. I won't lie. I had a bunch of articles. I have gone over, not here in the podcast, I have passed over so many articles. Because um, we've done so many live podcasts and broadcasts with other people. 
Where'd Chad Elkins go? Elkins on Twitter. Chad, are you on Twitter? Here's Chad. Uh, let's message him. All right, Chad, I sent you the thing on your Twitter. Go back to the chat room. There we go. Oh. I'm going to get a water while Chad gets on here. Hang on for a second. Did I just hang up? No, I didn't. There we are. Tall and tan and young and lucky, a girlfriend. The needle goes walking in the When she walks, she's like a summer swiss or swiss. Hello, hello. What up, break from a busy day? Hey. Hey, what's up? Not much. You got a break from a busy day? Um. Sorry, had to turn off the uh, feedback there. Well, put put your headphones on because we can hear the head the feedback. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Put in your headphones. All right. One second. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Put in your headphones. All right. One second. This is almost as professional as Matt Forney's gig yesterday. I can hear you. Yes. Put in your headphones. All right. One second. This is almost as professional as Matt Forney's gig yesterday. You can have the video on too. I'm at I'm at the Northern Command where internet is good. Oh, okay. Well, hey, um, hey, remember that time when you uh, when Alex Cortez was on? And the camera fell out, and we had a crotch shot of him. Oh yeah, he was so wearing cool. his Spanish. Yeah, that was almost as bad as that. That was how bad that was. That was that was. Those are good times. That's. Well, you know, I can make my desk squeak if you want. No, no, we <laughs> we leave. That's Matt Forney's specialty. So, what's going um, on? Not much. I had like twenty, maybe thirty minutes or so. So I thought I'd see if you wanted to knock out. Uh, oh, bang out that asshole! Consulting yeah, is there time request? For that All right, or? yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Let me pull that up. That'll save me time. Then you and I are off the hook. <clears throat> and um, I could go right and sit on my ass. I got a long day till 9 p.m. I hope there's some sultry uh, platinum blonde malls coming in to get services. Or... No, a couple single moms. Yay me. Yay you. All right, all right. So what, do you have a meeting go out on you or something? No, um, I actually, I was supposed to go in at uh, noon today, but somebody canceled on me, and then I oh, woke okay. up. I got like a scratchy throat, but here I am. Cool. Edited, da-da-da. <clears throat> I love it when people send me 
eight pages of requests and I give them a price and you never hear back from them again. That happens to me too. People give me all these details about their taxes and then they ask for a quote (laughs) and I give them a quote and then it's like, poof, gone. Hey, don't, don't, doesn't like uh, some charity people like uh, offer CPA help with tax help this time of year? Like, hey, yeah. are you a fuck up and can't do your own taxes and you have a W-2? Well, go to the local community where a bunch of dupes will go and waste their precious time helping you put your finances together. Yeah, years ago when I was a nice guy, I used to help out at those things. Now I won't go near them. Yeah. How'd that work out? Did they get their act together and finally become productive members of society? So do you know what the earned income credit is? Yeah. Uh, like if you work, you get you get, what, a couple thousand or something like that? Basically, if you make almost no money working, yet you have all these uh, kids that you have to support, you get the, the government hands you money via your taxes. It's not you getting money back that you put in. They're literally handing you money. Okay. So three quarters out of the people that I would help out at these things were trying to do whatever was possible to get the EIC, the earned income credit. <laughs> so they weren't really interested in helping their own finances. Right. No, that's that's why I don't believe in charity or the Democrat Party or socialism. Most people are scumbag assholes. I'm with you on that. <laughs> Seriously. Like I, I don't do charity. Okay. Um let me. This is Michael. All right. And I gotta God see, this is what pisses me off. Guys, if you're gonna send me a request, send it all in one shot. Don't send addendums. Don't, sit down. Think it fucking through. Send me a cohesive, comprehensive, succinct email. <clears throat> hey, Aaron, I want to get both your and Chad's uh, opinion on a job offer I received. I'm currently graduating with a STEM degree in May with a 3.6 GPA. I've received multiple job offers already, but recently received an offer from Ernst & Young for their TAP program. Description and link here below. I know that both you and Chad have experience in the financial sector. I was wondering if you could give me any insight into management consulting. I know Chad is familiar with the big four, but this position would be in Ernst & Young's advisory program, not tax. I'm wondering if he has any firsthand knowledge of what it's like to work in one of these big four firms. I'm assuming some of his clients must also be in management consulting field as well. Do they like what they do or are they alcoholics who blow their brains out? I would also like this to be a video as well. If you need additional information, don't hesitate to hit me up. Thanks, and I'll keep him anonymous. Um, I asked him if he had any other job offers. He currently has seven other job offers. What? I know. I was like, I never got a, I never had seven job offers. Uh, I could give you a spreadsheet of each one of the pros and cons of each. I'm interested in the Ernst & Young position because it pays the most as relatively close from home. All right, so I have never worked at the big four. You have, so you could speak to this competently. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know if you're aware of this program because it's it's not accounting. Oh, I'm very what, aware of this Oh, you program. are? Okay, good. Yeah. Then I'm glad you came on. So when you get your MBA, a lot of times people are going to recruit you for consulting positions, like management consulting. There's strategic consulting, strategy consulting, and management consulting. So not only did I have a number of my MBA classmates get jobs just like this with big four companies in their advisory role, my roommate, my first year out of Notre Dame when I moved to the city, I had a roommate who was a management consultant. So I know exactly what this is like. Um, you're going to work 
regularly 80 to 90 hour weeks. You're going to be traveling probably like 75% of the time. Uh, you have no life outside of it. The one thing I can say is that you do get paid a shit ton of money. And my roommate used to laugh about and enjoy the fact that there were a lot of beautiful single women that somehow were getting into this field. So I would never do it, but if he, if he just wants to make money and not have a life for a year or two, he might as well go for it. Yeah, I mean, if you got experience and put that, <clears throat> Ernst and Young is a big name. You put that on your resume and you get two, three years experience, make some cash because he's young now. I, I I had no idea. So this is almost like investment banking. You're doing your yeah. entire life, or working for the big foreign tax or audit or anything. Your entire life is the company. Yes, you do okay. have to. Like the part, at least with investment banking, you don't have to do a lot of traveling. But I mean, some people like traveling. So if he wants to be on the road constantly, this is the job. I loved it because my my roommate was not really a roommate. He was never there. He was just subsidizing <laughs> half the rent. <laughs> yeah, I rem when I was younger, I always wanted to travel. Yeah, I thought that was the coolest. Oh, wow. That's so, that's yeah. <laughs> well, and and now that I'm older... I'm kind of like, oh, I don't want to travel ever again, you know, unless it's for fun, but for business, gosh, almighty, I don't, I don't like traveling. Same, uh, I wouldn't want to. Yeah, but if, if it's, I don't know, it, it's it, the two things: does he want to travel? Does he want that kind of lifestyle? Which I could see some people wanting for a little bit upfront. You know, this opportunity may not present itself again, so maybe avail himself of it. But I, uh, that kind of sets him down the business route if he is a stem degree i'd almost be tempted the the real trade-off here is do you work in the world of stem and engineering and work with a bunch of moral people that have their shit together more or less or do you go down this dark side path where okay now you're in management consulting ernst and young is the first entry on your resume which Again, now you're going down, then you're at Bain and then you're at McKinsey yeah. and you never actually do the engineering. It's all consulting and management consulting. That's why it kind of depends on where he wants to go with this. I mean, I still have MBA classmates. They're now stuck, you know, stuck in these mm -hmm. consulting roles because they can't really do anything else. And some of them are miserable. Like they're in their mid thirties now. They don't want to be traveling all the time. Some of them mm -hmm. have kids. I would, uh, if I had to, I'm at this, he's got to do some soul searching and figure it out himself. But if it were me, I go with the best sounding engineering job uh, because Ernst and Young, like any other large major corporation is corrupt. Yep. <clears throat> they are all about the affirmative actions and the women's. Uh, I know this is a great opportunity, but that, that sets you down the path of corporate America. And that is a world of, I don't even want to call it soft people skills. That's not what it is. Ass kissing and dick sucking. That's basically what it is. You're going to be dealing with drama, petty bosses. It, it's kind of the difference between having an English teacher and a math teacher. The English teacher can fuck with you and give you whatever grade she thinks you, not what you deserve, but she wants to give you because they can make up crap. They get just because it's not a hard physical science. Whereas the math teacher, you and the math teacher could get into a fist fight before and after class, but he still got to give you the 96% because you got most of the questions, right? Because it's, it's concrete. It's, it, it's uh, factual. It's black and white. And that's one, if not the benefit, number one benefit of engineering is you are an engineer. 
It's reality-based. Your peers and coworkers and bosses can't get political or too political on you. I, I just think the quality and caliber of people uh, that you'd be working with in, as an engineer uh, would be a, way better than what you're going to do with management consultant. Oh, God, no. I, I know the money and the flight might seem interesting, but uh, I, I'd go engineering. And I had some classmates that got fired from these management consulting positions because they're um, the managing partner or whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. They didn't like them. If they didn't like them because of their personalities, they were just out on their asses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I go engineering. I, I just, the, the, um, the fortune 500 and that court, that's a sinking ship that is, that is increasingly compromised with it's always been somewhat compromised with politics, corporate office politics. Now it's getting compromised with politics, politics. And I, you, you busted your ass off for that STEM degree, man. I'd, I'd go into STEM. I would not waste my time with these engineer with these uh, MBA types. I agree. It's if you did study engineering, you don't need to be doing this unless he wants to get a zillion dollars, but have no life for a couple of years. Yeah, but that's not you. You brought up the biggest risk. They don't like you. Why don't you like yeah. And they could just make up whatever they want because you're not in a hard science. Like, well, you didn't. I got a client here where uh, he got let go. Uh, they said, well, you, your personality is, is too abrasive. And it's like, no, it's not. They just made that up. You know, I can even tell by the information the guy gave me. Like, no, they just make it that. They could come up with anything. So I, I go the engineering route is what I would do. Well, another thing, which I'm sure you know, is that the first ones to get laid off when they need to trim the fat are these management consultants because they're not really doing anything tangible. What? <laughs> what? How dare you, Chad? Managers and consultants combined, they're almost as critical to the world as CPAs and, and computer programmers. Are, are you? That's just not true. It's just not true. It reminds me how my classmates used to give me a little bit of shit because I was at E&Y, but I was kind of in a more lower level. I was in the, in the tax practice, the tax mm-hmm. area. But then they all get laid off and I got my CPA and I'm just like, what's <laughs> happening now? <laughs> uh, all right, we got another one. You got time for another one or you got to get going? Uh, about 15 minutes or so. All right, let's, let's bang this one out. <clears throat> hey, Captain, I'm sending you a long email because I like venting. I don't mind paying you more money. Here's the background. I'm 23 and engaged to my Nawalt girlfriend who also follows your channel and books. I'll be graduating from college. Thank you. In May with a bachelor's of science and accounting. I originally majored in political science and quickly switched to computer science after realizing what a bullshit degree that was. I found that STEM was too demanding while working full time. I wasn't able to put in the time to succeed and paying the bills of tuition was a bigger priority. I ultimately dropped out of the program and switched to accounting. On the bright side, I'm debt free. And thankfully, the coursework in other majors wasn't a waste of time because I'll be finishing school just shy of the 150 credit CPA requirement. I'm currently working full time as a tax intern at uh, RSM, formerly McLadry. I remember McLadry in Poland, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, McLadry. And they're a reputable regional uh, outfit, right? Yeah, they're just outside the big four. They're like Grant Thornton and uh, Plant Moran. So they're good. Cool. I'm also still working on my other three jobs, or a job of three years, pizza delivery, but I've dropped down to part-time. Between the two, I'm working 55 a week. With respect to the internship, I can't stand it. My fiance's uncle is a partner at a large accounting firm, and I am in touch with a handful of people who are currently in or have done big foreign public accounting internships. 
I've heard all the horror stories. My office is no different. The latest I ever stayed was 8 p.m. And I was the first person to leave that day. My coworkers depressed me, not because they're liberals, but because they seem to they seem like they have no identity separate from their careers. The recruiter told me how great the firm is with its work from home and flexible schedule option options. What's telling is that nobody in the office utilizes these. It seems like all people ever talk about is their work. During lunch and in break room, I hear coworkers brag about how late they stayed, how early they came in, or how few sick days they've taken. However, my internship is the opposite of this. I've been given very little actual work. I don't even start my first tax return until last week of March. So far, I've done mostly administrative projects. When I have been given something related to tax compliance, it was usually assigned by a female associate who did a poor job of explaining it. Then I asked, then when I asked for questions or clarifications, they would act passive aggressive and later give me a mixed feedback review saying I did all right, but I am bad at asking questions, taking notes. I love it how <clears throat> it's it's low-level clerical work and they can make it such a like you need feedback on it. Well, they're gonna bill him out at a high hourly rate for that administrative work, oh, even man. as an intern. <laughs> I've never had this issue with or been given bad feedback from a few male coworkers in my office. To make matters work, I'm the only tax intern I sit alone on the auditor side of the office because there's no room on the tax side. I don't feel like I've learned anything. Well, you're an intern. You're not supposed to. Hell, I've gained more experience during this internship on my own time when I did taxes for friends and family. I don't feel like an employee. I feel more like a teenage son of an absentee father who was a partner at the firm and dragged his son to a 13 week long, bring your kid to work day. Yeah. That's called being an intern. Right. Uh, and this is the internship. This is the part where they try and make working here out to be this engaging and rewarding experience to lull you into accepting a full-time offer. If my internship went like this. I can't imagine what working as an associate would be like on top of all that. Public accounting is soulless work. Long hours are not exclusive to this industry, but at least in others, there's some form of payoff. A surgeon or a doctor may save an extra life. A lawyer may win a very important case. A game developer may create a system or facet of a video game that's praised in reviews. Public accountants completely legally mandated paperwork. No one has ever said, wow, you audited the hell out of those financial statements. Nice job. Or this tax return was prepared brilliantly. Chad? I, I just want I just want to let you know that tax return you did for me. Remember that? Oh yeah, the, you're yeah. talking about the corporate and personal. Yeah, those were prepared brilliantly. Well, well, thank you. I've been you're, waiting my entire career to have somebody say that to me. Now so you're vindicated. That, that means a lot. All right. It seems like the only recognition you get is if you fuck up, and if you're a top performer who works faster than everyone else, your reward is more work. I'm going to start a writing seminar and charge arm and a leg on teaching young men how to write more succinctly. Yeah, man, this is dragging on. Like I'm down to, we got two full paragraphs left. <laughs> All right. A couple semesters ago when I was younger, more idealistic and naive than I am now, my plan was to do public accounting for seven to 10 years, get paid to CPA, JD and start my own tax practice. My internship experience, as well as my own research and what I've heard from others has made me rethink this idea. Interns are practically guaranteed an offer unless they really screw up. If I accept it, I could start mid or late 2020. I am 90% sure that I will turn down, turn it down at this point. I think the great learning experience of working in public accounting is just a euphemism created by those companies for untold amounts of stress, long hours of depression from their employees are put through. I don't want to slave away in a cubicle. My fiance and I are planning on starting a family. Money is important. But me being a ghost for half a year is not an acceptable trade-off. Like you said, work to live, not live to work. As of now, my plan is to continue working part-time at the pizza place and live off the money. 
I've saved while focusing on studying for and passing all four sections of the CPA exam. Once I do that, I'll begin applying for private and government accounting positions. In addition, I like to take another crack at computer science and see if I can teach myself programming through Udemy. I also have aspirations of being an author. I'm glad he's focusing. For the past three years, I've been developing and writing. This is where I I need to have a a Clary camp where I can physically beat these people. This is, Um, dude, like, like, can we stop? I kind of don't even care about the rest. No, I want want us to all suffer this guy's pain that he went through. (sighs) For the past three years, I've been developing and writing a fantasy book series in my spare time. What spare time? And people, oh, I couldn't hack it in computer computer science, but I wrote this shitty book no one's going to read. Uh, and they all said it was excellent. I want to see if I could finish the first one if it would lead anywhere. Give me advice, asshole. If he's not too busy, maybe you can even ask Chad Elkins. Am I making the right choice? Is my plan good? Do you have any other recommendations for someone in my position? Thanks and keep up the good work. Cheers. All right, go ahead. What do you got? See, this is one of those where he's really <laughs> asking us what he's asking. He, he wants you and I to tell him what he wants to do. Right. Instead of trying to solve some kind of problem where we can offer some solutions or everything, he's like, well, I don't know if I want to do this. Do I want to do this? I'm too lazy to, to sit do down and think it through. Tell me what I should do. So, I mean, this is hard to answer. If he wants to get his CPA, which it sounded like he wanted to, but I wasn't sure with that whole, you know, it was a little long. He needs to so finish that internship. And if he wants to get his CPA, he needs to work in public accounting for a year or so just so he can get all the CPA study materials paid for for free, mm-hmm. all the tests paid for for free. And yes, it's going to be hell for a year, but just get through it. You get through it, and then it opens all kinds of doors to whatever he wants to do. Mm-hmm. So that was what I, I think that's what he was saying, but he was kind of all, all over the map there. So he's saying he wants to now apply for private and government accounting jobs instead of this. Is that I, what he, that's what that's what he's thinking. He doesn't want to work in the public 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 accounting. He doesn't want to work in public accounting because it's too demanding, and he's he's seen it, and uh, he's like, hell no, I don't want to do this if this is what it do what it, it for a year. I, I think it would be idiotic to not take the guaranteed offer that you're going to get from the internship and just do it for a year. It's one year. The guy's in his early twenties, right? Yeah. That's my advice because there's no guarantee you're going to get, especially a government job. You're not going to, they're not hiring right now. And as far as private accounting firms, your salary is going to be a lot higher if you have a year or even better, two years of public accounting experience. And then you do that with your CPA. What do you think? My, my thing is he's not a finisher. He, he doesn't finish anything <clears throat> and he spreads himself out way too thin. Yeah, working too much, doing pizza delivery, interning, going to school, writing a book, um, and he's like Scrat. You ever see uh, Ice Age? Um, no, I don't think I saw that one. You never seen the Ice Ages with the with the the uh, Ice Age creatures like the woolly mammoth and the saber tooth tiger and the saber tooth squirrel? Scrat the saber tooth squirrel. He's always chasing after his acorn. You've never seen that. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, man. Dude, next time you got a girl coming over, just throw in the first Ice Age. And I'll, uh, you'll win. You'll win. Her, <laughs> her panties will be off. It's a great, great movie. So there's this little saber-toothed uh, squirrel called Scrat. And it, it, the, all the movies kind of open with a, a, a cartoon short of Scrat. And he's always running around trying to catch his acorn. He's got to get the acorn. And he's frantic. He's always... 
And that's, I get a couple guys like that. So I'm trying to do this. I want to become an astronaut. I want to become a cop, but then I want to be a CPA. And then, then I'm becoming an author and then I'm, I'm, I'm going to become a paramedic. It's like, no, knock it the fuck off. Sit the fuck down. Stop being a goddamn spaz. Focus on one fucking thing and then finish it. And so this guy is so close to getting the credits necessary to sit for the CPA. He's at an internship with a, maybe not a big four, but a reputable uh, firm. I agree with you. Get, for once, finish something. Stop being a fucking spaz and fucking finish something. And yes, work is going to suck. All work sucks. Chad's got to go back to work and it's going to suck for him. I got to go sit at a very nice place listening to some jazz music. But you know what? I'm going to be sitting there cramming away. I hate writing. I fucking hate writing. Should have right? been an accountant. <laughs> it's no different. Everything. It's, it's you know, I, just suck it up. All right. You're this close. And the reason I'm saying do the shitty work that you don't like for a year and do it well is because then you get your CPA and then what can you do, Chad? Well, once you get your CPA, you can do all kinds of things. You can start your own business. You can jump ship to a different firm. And I think he's missing the part where McGlad RSM or whatever they're called now is going to cover all of that for him. He just has to be there for a year. Right. And that's a fringe benefit that comes out. I'm talking long-term career planning. You get your CPA, then you don't have to work such a, a sucky job. You don't have right. to work in big four public accounting. You can open up your own business. You could work from home and be do people's taxes. He just said he got more experience doing family and friends taxes than he did being an internship. Well, that's self-employment. So yeah, yeah. So go there. You go. You open up a tax practice, maybe a little bit of small consulting practice. You're the stay-at-home dad. You and your wife. I mean, his goal is to have a family. So that's kind of the perfect setup. You know, there you go. Did he say what geographic area he's in, or can we? No, not I didn't. Say? I didn't. I wouldn't want to give it away because we already got enough information. We don't okay. want to um, do that. Uh, let well, me at see. least at least where I am, just going off what you were saying, there is a shortage. I always thought there was too much competition. There's a mm -hmm. shortage of tax CPAs who can take on more clients. Okay, like, there's not enough people that are available. What nationwide or where? That's why I was asking. At least where I am, it's kind of a thing everybody's told me you know they they contact me and i say i'm at capacity i can't take you on and then they're like no one can take us on so <laughs> h and r block it is our block it is do you have an extension h and r block specializes in that that's i'm i'm not qualified to do extensions and they'll charge them double the fee too you see those commercial i know you don't watch tv but they have this commercial that's like We'll give you the quote up front, whereas other preparers don't do that. First of all, that's not true. And second, the quote is always double what any non-HR H&R Block CPA would charge. Oh, all right. Um, that's it. I know you got to get going. I got to well, get going. Um, you think we answered that one all right? I mean, we I answered it. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's stop being a spurg. Fucking focus. Get your CPA. Suck it up for a year or two. Then go work either private accounting or open up your own place once you get your CPA. And uh, yeah, finish the book, but not now. And, and let me just add this. You're not supposed to really learn anything at an internship. It's just to like mm -hmm. showcase yourself to get hired full time if you want that. So he ought to just play the game, I think. These people are so lucky to have us older brothers for them. They're so I know. Lucky. 
it's busy season. I came on to. I know. Look how charitable he's. You're I really criticized nice him and to be grumpy. Be pissed off. It's... All right. I got to find the right thing. Uh, there we go. All right. Old, if you want to help out, olderbrother.com slash donate. There's the PayPal donation button. There's the Patreon donation button. You get free access uh, to Sanity is the Future of Wealth, the best article I've ever written that no one read, and I thus put it behind a paywall. Uh, you could go and also do all your online shopping by going to that website because there's an Amazon affiliate link. You just click on the link, purchase all your stuff. Get into the good habit of doing that. That way it doesn't cost you anything extra because Jeff Bezos doesn't charge you anything extra. He just pays me a commission. Vote, subscribe, comment, like, and share the channel. I'd like to get this up to about 5,000 subscribers, but uh, there's that. Check your nuts for testicular cancer. Boys, do that because uh, that's uh, the easiest and most preventable cancer out there. So fidget with your nuts. And then tell family, friends, loved ones, enemies, and people you are genuinely indifferent about, about OlderBrother.com. Chad, anything else? Uh, no. I, uh, I I just want to say I was asleep when you started this uh, podcast. I hadn't woken up yet, so that's funny. You'll like the intro because I, uh, I've i been itching to get out of here uh, in the GF. Ah, uh, you can listen to it later. I will. I'll go to. I'll listen to it in my office. No. All right. We'll talk to you guys all later, Chad. Would you take us out appropriately? Toodles. <laughs> <laughs>